0: Welcome to another commission podcast from the the Bold Move Network. I'm Jim. Kia
1: ora, I'm Aaron. <laughs> are you? Are you from New Zealand or Mexico? I'm from Greenfield, mate. I, I yeah, I gotta drop this.
0: I'd... Yeah, I can't. I can't do it for more than the intro. But uh, if you couldn't tell, which you probably couldn't, given those horrible accents, <laughs> we're uh, covering a podcast or uh, covering a movie this week from New Zealand. It's called Once Were Warriors, and it's commissioned by uh
1: judy jude kendrick who is a native judy from, jude uh her I, her name's jude she she goes by jude but uh i think her huh. name's judy it's a good name judy jude i'd like jude i jude hope to, cool. i hope judy is hey, her first
0: name and Jude is her middle name and you
1: get I, i'm you're much better than new england accent than i am new england <laughs> i'm sorry new zealand the fuck you talking about huh <laughs> that's <laughs> not even new england that's just new york uh it's a new zealand new york <laughs> accent <laughs> right uh, uh, we sure. we
0: promise not to do any more accents during this podcast. Although I make no such promise. Right, I can't hold myself to that. Really, I can't be held accountable for the accents I will do because, man, this movie I have a lot a lot of trouble understanding the dialogue in this movie.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I I guess I didn't because like I kind of did this immersion thing where I just let it wash over me, and by the middle of the movie, I felt like I wasn't missing much. But um, I felt like I got halfway into a
0: sentence before uh-huh. I understood anything they were saying sure and then I had to piece together the beginning of the sentence with context
1: sure uh, but it's it, the thing is is where're we're, this is a widely tonically uh inappropriate way to open this because of this, course this movie um really gets real and becomes incredibly uncomfortable depressing sad mm-hmm. yet oddly uplifting towards the end right in right. a, in a in, if, in if, if you that defiant sort of if, if if you set your standards for uplifting like Season four The Wire. Okay, uh, uh-huh. you know you you'll, you're not going to be far off. But, but uh, I think we started the podcast appropriately because this movie starts
0: out really fucking weird and bad.
1: Well, we should we like, should uh, so so we should we should we should do this proper. Wh- how, what do you mean? Um, so Judy, the reason she she pot Jude, the reason she pulled this down off the shelf, and we greatly appreciate your support. Uh, She's a listener from way back in early days, and she listened to several of our podcasts on Australian movies, because we went through a whole sequence of that, The Proposition and The Wild Kingdom? Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom, yep. And a couple others. And uh, the Kate Winslet thing. Yeah, Holy Holy Smokes. And she wanted to get uh, one of the native movies from New Zealand, her home, that wasn't Lord of the Rings. So there's really only one to pick, apparently. (laughs) Well, it does seem like... I mean, I guess I wasn't prepared for... Uh, and this is a very jingoistic thing to say. I wasn't prepared for how good this movie was, and certainly the first five minutes of, of the movie didn't prep me for it either. No, no, God, they start up. I don't know. So you look at it and you go, "Okay, it's from New Zealand. It's made in 1994. It's called Once for Warriors." I searched my memory banks for New Zealand culture, and I'm like, "This is going to be something about the Maori people," and I was not disappointed.
0: I had no expectations going into this. Really? I, I honestly, like, I I know that you know the tribal thing is kind of. Uh, the, the Polynesian people are a
1: thing down in New Zealand. I mean, uh, and kind of all over that region in sure. general of the world. Polynesian, uh, from, right? I mean, that's Hawaii to New Zealand. And exactly. And, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a pretty big swath of of ocean. They went everywhere. Yeah, they went everywhere in canoes. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Chris canoes, Columbus, man. Pretty impressive. You, you cro- crossing Pacific in canoes? That's <laughs> some badass. And and with no like that's the other thing. I just read an article how people are still are trying to figure out how. They did these navigation over vast distances without instrumentation or even star charts. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just wing that shit. Or maybe you can.
0: Yeah, well, maybe you can. Uh, You aim at Australia, you're bound to hit it. It's a pretty big place. (laughs) But how do you know you're aiming for Australia? I don't know. If you set off from a tiny island. Good point. Uh, But I didn't know where this movie was aiming because I didn't read anything about it. I didn't, like, going in, I was like, okay, is this some, like, urban urban gang tale? Because it starts off, like... With a lot of, like, inner city, kind of like hip-hop sort of music, like hip-hop Rasta well, mixed Yeah, I'm trying to think of – it reminded me – And it's just me, a weird, different tone than the rest of the movie takes.
1: The the the, the, the titles of, like, the introducing the actors, and there's some – you're you're going to recognize some faces if you choose to watch this movie. Yeah. A note on that, good luck finding it if you're <laughs> not – because I heard from Australians on the forum that it's on the Aussie Netflix. Okay. Um, but we tried, like, there is not a single streaming service, uh, the, the DVD is out of print, uh, you had to order a used copy, and they were going for 65 plus dollars. <laughs> right. So, um, we, we, uh, we, we sat and closed our eyes, and we imagined what the movie is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, because we're not going to stoop to piracy. No, of course not. And, so. uh, we, we reviewed it that way, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's made in 1994, and it had kind of the, the intro titles and all that had a very kind of like a run lola run okay. Gritty vibe, kinda of the same same not you know, you don't have an animated person running around, but it right. kinda of felt like that's a particular version of Indies nineties filmmaking.
0: It felt real low rent. The, these first few scenes just felt bad. Like really? I thought the, the opening was funny. Yeah. Like the people walking through the streets and seeing like yeah, I, I think it was Django, uh, uh-huh. Jake, from this movie, lifting weights, and, like, he sits up and his guys look in the direction of the person walking by, and, like, I don't know if it was intentionally funny, or if they were trying to maybe subvert some kind of expectations or set us up with the wrong mindset so they can knock us down layer. but this the beginning of this movie I did not like, and I was I was kind of buckled in
1: going, oh, no, I'm gonna hate this movie. Which is always an uncomfortable thing when you're doing right. a commission podcast. Uh, but
0: if you give it 20 minutes, this movie gets warmed up.
1: Yeah, and then it just doesn't stop. Right. Um It's directed by Lee Tamahori, which you might not have heard of, but he's actually directed quite a few American films that you definitely have heard of, um, uh, including he's done an episode or two of The Sopranos, uh, Along Came a Spider, Die Another Day, the James Bond film. Huh. The sequel to Triple X, Triple X State of the Union. Um, that's bad. And he's got two coming out, Mahana and Emperor, that I'm now suddenly interested in seeing. Uh, and it stars uh, Tamura Morrison, I think is how you pronounce the name, which you might be going, who? And then I would say that, uh, well, that's uh, Django Fett, the Django Fett from the Star Wars. Recognizably so. It's not just Django Fett. Like, that was the thing. When he got signed to do that, he played like.
0: 15 different characters in the series. he He was every clone. Commander Cody or whatever his name is. Uh, Sure. Right. Like, that seems like the role of a lifetime as far as this actor is concerned.
1: Yeah. It also is based on a book uh, entitled The Same, called Alan Duff, which I'm kind of curious in in reading now. Um, Mm -hmm. It also stars uh, Julian Arahanga, which, again, you might who, but he plays Apoc on The Matrix. Oh right, yeah. One of Morbius's uh, crew Nick in the first in the movie. movie, and Cliff Curtis, uh-huh. who is the dad, the dopey dad on Fear the Walking Dead. So I knew this going in, because I had heard someone say it. I didn't, and I didn't. Re- I mean, he he seemed very unrecognizable with his haircut and his. And in fact, he's just a kind of a. He's not kind of. He's a monster in his fucking film. Uh, uh, wait, and, he's.
0: What do you mean by monster? He's clearly the smallest of the bunch. I mean, you talking about He's a chops? child
1: predator. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes,
0: he is a, a, a sadistic, horrible. Yeah, just ugh.
1: If, if you if you entertain any thoughts of watching this movie, and I would put this movie up against like Requiem for a Dream for okay. kind of like the gut punches per minute and uh-huh. you know just kind of despair. If you, if you want to see something like that with a very unique look into a, a a culture and a nation that you probably don't know much about, highly recommend it. And you should probably fuck off now because uh, we're going to get spoilers. Uh, also, it uh, stars Rena Owen, who plays uh, Jake, who is Django's uh, wife. Beth, is that I her? I think name? it's Beth. Yeah, and she is these. Everyone in this movie. Beth, Beth. Everyone in this movie <laughs> is fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, no, they're
1: they're all top to bottom. In grade, particular, for the kids. Uh, the yeah, youngest the kids are kids. The youngest kids or eh, whatever. But they did what they need to do, which is right. essentially cower in fear when their parents are having these Titanic struggles downstairs. And uh, You know, that's the thing. Like I felt like this a lot of this movie revolves around Tamira Tamira Morrison's performance as Hell yeah. Jake the Muss because you have to buy that he is this insanely violent, unpredictable, crazy man. But you also have to understand why people love him. Yeah. And he is so fucking and, – and I guess that's one of the – you don't see this uh, oftentimes, I guess, that this portrait of domestic abuse painted. Like, you know, why do people stay and why do they fall in these traps? Uh, right. And what kind of, like,
0: family situations create these further complications in their children's families, right? Like, you can – I don't know how deep we want to get in yet. I don't know if we want to jump in headfirst, but there's a lot of stuff later on that I wish I kind of knew a little bit more about up front in the movie. Yes. Or
1: I wish I knew more about what's going on with this particular cultural enclave. Right, because I don't know much about the Maori people, and I I've done a little bit of reading today, but like it's just not enough. And I'm anything I'd say would probably be offensive. I just have to take right. the movie with how it's it's uh, how it's being portrayed and, and go from there.
0: Yeah, it's tough to absorb hundreds of years of sure
1: history. But with, it, it seems like there's like a, a weird dual class between the Maori people, where yeah.
0: um, and I, not to mention all of the Maori people are outcasts within new zealand society i don't know that that's
1: necessarily true because they're also very involved in the government and they're well recently very very recently like within the
0: last since the 60s yeah i mean there was a lot of from what i read a lot of protest in the 60s similar to like how african americans were here in the 60s uh in the u.s where they did a lot of protesting over maori rights and stuff like that and but it seems like it started to change so now Yeah. yeah
1: It's different. It seems like things, you know, I guess that's with every native culture. Things started well. And then but it's also they made contact relatively late, like, you know, well into the 1700s. And um, there wasn't any slavery because the British had outlawed all that by the time that that, you know, started being really well developed. But there was a lot of land just appropriation, I guess.
0: Well, he mentioned something about I know, I I know,
1: I think. I thought that was literal. I thought there were some. I did, but I on. couldn't find. Again, I'm. I'm not going to say it, it. It didn't happen, but uh, you know. D- right. But there was this class thing where these, you know, uh, Beth is from this. I don't know if I'd say well-to-do, but uh, you know, uh, culturally a, a, a family that's island. plugged together, and they look yeah. after each other, and they have land, and they've held their traditions, and they they have a certain respect, respect and pride. Where yeah. Jake is from. I guess like the, the get out of the tracks. The other side of the tracks and uh-huh. it's kind of a, a very like a I would say this this is up there like Marlon Brando in Streetcar Desire kind of situation where he's just given this volcanic charismatic performance.
0: Yeah, it's crazy good how much they sucked me in and made me think that this guy is just Yeah. Uh, a loose cannon. I mean, he Cause one he's, minute he's singing and dancing with his wife, the next minute he's beating her. It's the sweetest thing you've ever seen it's, Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, and and it, it really makes me as an audience member fear for everyone's safety
1: when he's on the screen. And you can see how, like, even there's this one particular friend that seems like his most stand-up guy. The, the, not Cliff Curtis, but the other guy? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Uh non-monster. uh And, like, even he's, like, there's so much he lets slide because he's terrified of Jake. Yeah. Like, Jake's his best friend, but also Jake, if he's in his cups... And, you know, people have gotten lippy with him. What are you going to do with him? Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, he turns into this beast that can't be stopped. And and that's the other thing they do really well is they set up how
0: much of a beast he is. He goes in to that bar right off the bat and beats the shit out of the guy who changes the jukebox.
1: That they already established is
0: a badass. Exactly, yeah. We see him beat someone else senseless. Jake comes in and beats him senseless. Okay, Jake's a violent man and also a dangerous man,
1: Uh Uh, capable man. It's a scary thing. And he's living in this weird constant denial. it's, it's this his self denial is and is, is what enables him, and of course everyone else around him too, but like if his kids are having problems, ah, they need to stand on their own two feet, and you're trying right. to coddle them and you're the problem and you know, like, yeah, I got laid off and I'm gonna be out of work, but you know, you're just pissing off all the pissing all over this seafood I brought home and yeah. you know, you oh, I, I I don't even know where to begin because I felt like this movie sh- portrays Beth's role as, like, as courageous as a person storming the beach at Normandy. Okay. Like, you know on some level this is a bad idea. Because, you know, you constantly are p- buying into things like, Jesus Christ, would you p- please don't not say these things to Jake? Right. He's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly why this stuff keeps perpetuating. And the fact that she it is, does... Yeah. You know, summon up strength and courage to to storm the beach once again, and eventually finds a way to break free with her entire family and
0: I think that's the real the message here is breaking that cycle right yeah. it takes it takes someone who is mentally strong enough to say i'm not going to do this anymore uh you know what? I can swallow my pride for a second, I can give in to what the promise I made to myself to defy my father. Mm-hmm. And I can make a better life for my kids. And I think that's that's the ultimate message. And
1: but I, the dark side of that is, what if she didn't have a strong base of support in her family? What do you mean? Like, what if she's from the wrong side of the tracks? Like, she had a home to go to that was ready to welcome her with open arms. Right. What if she doesn't have any sure. support system? Sure, sure. And She's you, probably stuck in that. I know. But, but I mean, it... And, like, like all the children and, and the fact that you can see from the oldest uh, nig down to boogie down to the little kid um they're all being shaped by these forces and absolutely yeah there's stories that suggest that some of them are going to be all right but there's everyone pays a cost and in fact the highest cost is placed by uh grace yeah who is the 13-year-old daughter who as i alluded to gets raped by uh the dad from fear the walking dead <laughs> and is un- <laughs> completely unable fear to deal with dead. it and ends up hanging herself right which is one of the you know Uh, I don't know what you call that scene. Like, uh, her mom screaming over a dead body and uh, Jake just looking on, not even able to comprehend what the hell is going on.
0: Like, he's got to feel something in that moment about guilt or something, but he stuffs it down. And there's all these
1: signposts in a road, like, you could turn back now and things might be okay. Like, uh, when Jake has got his whole family and he's won some money from the horse track or wherever, and he's rented a car and they're going to go visit Boogie in... Uh, or Mark in in the juvie s- center that he's being held at, which is a, another whole sad. St- and this is all contained right. within the film. It's not a long film either; it's like an hour forty minutes. Uh-huh. And they, you know, he's like, "Oh, let's go. foot let's, let's, let's. When's the last time we've had a nice day? Let's go for a drive." And they go and they visit, uh, I guess, where she's from. Uh-huh. And you know, there's like this ancestral burial ground, and she's explaining kind of her family's heritage. And you can see Jake is just getting darker and darker because he was never good enough for this family. And you, you think, what if this family had accepted this kid? Sure. Like, was he always, like, did they see that, like, you're marrying a monster and they're protecting you? Or were they kind of, like, snobby? And, I mean, I don't want to excuse any of his behavior. I'm just trying to understand where he's coming from. And right, he makes a decision right then and there that he's going to fuck this day up. For yep. everyone, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in this bar for one drink, and you know, like my notes are like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. They're right. not coming back from this.
0: No, it's a it's a great performance, and I think it's a it's a great story. Uh, you know, it's it's dark and it's scary and it's uh, somewhat depressing, but you know, I guess it's uplifting at the end as much as it can be. Uh, I just I really got engrossed after the first twenty minutes. I got. I completely bought into the storyline and wanted to see how it resolved itself, I thought... uh, which is a sign of a, a good movie and, and surprising for, I mean, the, you look in the daughter's bedroom, there's posters of white Man can't jump and Lethal Weapon and mm-hmm. John Connor. Like, I expected a real shitty 90s movie going mm-hmm. into this thing, mm-hmm. and, and especially given the first few minutes of it. Uh, and what I got was way more satisfying than that.
1: There's a lot of really interesting artists... Like, the first 20 minutes of the movie is kind of nice. Like, it feels like this is going to be um, uh, a tale about a rough-spun, blue-collar family and... Okay, yeah. Like, experiences I can't... Like, having the whole neighborhood over to your house to have barbecue and drink and sing songs and you're dancing and, like, man, that looks really nice. <laughs> that, like, that that culture is is, uh-huh. like, I... Like, I don't know that I would fit into it, but, like, it seems like a really great way to live. And you don't worry about job until your alarm goes off. And as soon as you clock out, you just go home and you have this nice experience. And even Gracie's upstairs, uh, you know, saying, like, oh, they're beautiful when they're like this. And the older one that knows better is like, nah, they're just drunk. And, yeah, people show
0: their true feelings when they're drunk.
1: And this is Which where is the weird. movie turns. Right. Because he, like, does it seems like out of nowhere... He beats the shit out of his wife yeah, and rapes her, like you said.
0: Right, and that's that's the scariest part, is it you don't know what's going to set him off at any given moment.
1: And this sets a lot of events in motion, because um, her son Boog got in trouble early on in the movie. Mm. Uh, like, he was involved with some older kids that were trying to steal a car. He's going to have to go to court in the morning. Now her face is all beat to hell. So she sends his little her little sister in with them. The court sees this guy who's a minor, and his parents can't even show up, and they take him out of the home, which might be the best thing that happens to him. Yeah, could be, very much could be. And I like that there's like this little story with him where he's he's um, he's got this public defender who seems like he's a Maori himself, Mm -hmm. and he's running this school for wayward boys where they're teaching them how to do like the haka's, which you know made famous by the New Zealand rugby team. Okay. Uh, at the dawn of the internet, you know, is like that, if you is see that a thing, I'd tell you, yeah, where you see the guys and they're doing these like chants and stomping their feet, and it's terrifying. Like, I can only imagine what it's like to face across a battlefield with these lunatics okay. doing this ritualized war dance. Um, but they teach like to, you know, try to instill pride in, mm-hmm. and you think that this guy's going to be the soft case, and the first time Boogie acts out at cause, uh, at because the uh, at the home. You think it's just going to be like, but this guy, this old guy, is like super tough, and he comes at him with this crazy war staff and scares the shit out of him. He's the New Zealand Edward James almost. <laughs> how can I teach? <laughs> how can I reach these children with a with a wooden staff? Um, yeah,
0: and I, I like his lesson of you know carry carry a weapon inside you, carry yes. it in your heart, you know yeah. through through the way the way you act and the, just the way you carry yourself.
1: Contrasting Nig, who joins this right uh, Maori gang and, and then toa, the toa yeah which they, just means uh Maori warrior essentially and and they seem to uh be trying to put all this warrior stuff on the outside right and it's all you know cuz it's I, I was watching I th- I thought that the initiation might be something interesting but it's a standard getting jumped into the gang you know everybody sure. beats the shit out of you until you've had enough and then, so you acquiesce to the face tattoos and then. And, and now you're you're family <laughs> Um, Right.
0: I don't want to get tattooed on my face. It's permanent.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But there's a lot of interesting artistic touches. Like, I really enjoyed – well, I didn't enjoy it, but I thought it was remarkable how they cut from, you know, Jake beating the shit out of his wife to the dogs worrying the garbage because, like, the, you know, the human guttural and grunting goes right into their growling and tearing, and it's just like, Jesus – that was it, it, it really heightened the, the moment.
0: They do that a couple of times when Grace dies and her mom's uh, st- sitting over her screaming. They blend her scream, and I don't know if they pitch it up, but they blend it into the sound of the ambulance uh, going to the hospital, which yeah. I thought was also interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh there's a lot of a lot of random shit I want to say, but I feel like we should get through some of the thematic stuff first.
1: Well, I don't I, I thought the other thing was interesting is how the women in the in this culture was deal, were dealing with their problems and it reminded me a lot of the color purple where you know the her best friend comes over and her face is battered in and they yeah. instantly start joking and deprecating and like, Well, I just need to learn to keep my mouth right. shut. Right, and kinda of
0: this is how just how it goes for women, like
1: And they tell each other this because they have to? Like, it's a survival right. – it's very much right. a survival strategy. Sure. I, I sort of get it, but at the
0: same time, it's just like, ah, God, I also hate that. But like, it's a – Beth could have died in this movie very easily. And yeah, that's, that's why I'm, several points. That's
1: why I made the this Storm in the Beach of Normandy thing. It's like, right. yeah, it's the right thing to do, but, like, you know, if someone cowers in the corner and shits their pants and gets riddled with bullets, is that – a morally wrong choice in the circumstance is or you know it's like it's it's hard to say what's virtue and what's what is cowardice and because you're dealing with real people's lives, and yes, you've got your children, but you're also scared for yourself and you're scared for your kids
0: right and I think that's you know the the proper choice is I think the one she makes at the end, which is to just leave say you know what i've I've had enough of this, my family doesn't deserve this and leave uh versus but, kind of the long the other the other thing that's seen as kind of tough in this episode, which is to just sort of grin and bear it, yes, sort of thing, uh, which we understand later that she's doing because of she, you know, made a promise to herself,
1: right? Um, but which I, that's that was really, I think, one of the saddest scenes where she's explaining yeah. this over her. I guess this is a Maori cult, a custom, where their version of the wake is like anyone that knows this person can come up and have frank discussions with the body. Right, and like this is a way to clear the air, um, spiritually and mm. physically and mentally. And she's like explaining this to her dead daughter, like you know this yeah. all happened because because there's this recurring motif because where, her father was a bastard too. It's well, and also her mom is not the greatest person too because we saw her mom smacks right. Nig because she's drunk and she's physically abusive and she doesn't her she's letting her children down and that's one of her things. Her daughter. It's like you yeah. can't keep a promise, and you're always lying. And that was the thing that really gutted me is when she said, "So you see, Grace, I can keep a promise, and the promise I kept is why you're dead now." And I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, it's, oh, it's god. heartbreaking."
0: Uh, I I do I really don't like the way she treats her kids in this, um, Beth. No. I, I think she's. She's parenting through some form of guilt. Like, she's trying to guilt her kids into being better. Like, oh, will you be at the, the court hearing tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, like, I get I get that she has a lot of other problems mm-hmm. that she's dealing with. But, like, that she's also implicit in perpetuating this on her family. It's not like she's completely innocent here. Well, but it's like... Her promise about- to herself sure. is causing a lot of this trouble, too. She could just leave if she weren't so stubborn about it. I I don't want to totally free her of blame. Certainly she's not as much to blame as Jake. But the way she's she's parenting her children also isn't ideal, let's
1: say. But it's like one of those things where – it, it to, where does it stop – where does it start becoming useless to assign blame? Because you could very argue that the reason she is doing this is because she's just paying it down. Like this we saw in The yeah. Color Purple – When you're in this crazy situation, it's this human psychological unfortunate um, go to is to perpetuate the system that holds you into some form of bondage. And
0: that's what I see going on here. Like, she doesn't, when Boogie comes in and he's in trouble, he looks like he's ready to maybe have a conversation. Yes. And she doesn't have that conversation. She just tries to say, You better be there tomorrow. And she makes him this promise that she'll be there. But. She doesn't talk to the kid, and I feel like that that is what he needed and wanted at that moment and and she just doesn't do it
1: well, yeah you know, there's also a scene I think when you know she's trying to explain Grace why she can't keep her promises. This is after the day that they were going to go see boogie all uh-huh. turned bad, and she' goes, just sitting in her bedroom. this is just a woman's lot one day you'll understand. Right. like she's grooming her right. To accept the Jake that comes into her life, and this recognize like this first time he smacks you around. Oh yes, this is the pattern. I I'm now know totally what my this. part of this dance is. Yeah, and and, and I don't that, think
0: it's all her fault that she's telling her kid this. I mean, no, she's trying to give just,
1: her what she receives as or what she perceives as wisdom.
0: Right, and it was probably handed down from her mother, like, except for
1: it wasn't because she, she seems like she came from a stable family.
0: Right, right. So it, all the all of that side kind of just
1: came from but her what, rebellious she nature. But was 16 when she ran away with Jake? Because sure. they're incredibly young and they have six fucking kids. Yeah, I wonder why she made...
0: So, nothing... Okay. So not everything goes right with your family and you decide I'm going to re- completely rebel against my family and yeah. marry this guy from the side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Something has to be wrong in that family. Do you think so? Cause I think so. I mean, unless... it's
1: Also, you can describe it as, like, you know, she's 16 and she's in love with this handsome, charismatic boy. And she's not going to have her dad or mom tell her that he's a monster and that... Uh... Right. No,
0: I, I get that. I just... What? I guess she just doesn't see the other side of Jake until it's too late, maybe.
1: Well, I mean, that's how this goes. I mean, that's that's... I mean, I've seen quote-unquote good girls from good families fall in love with bad men. And I've seen the same. I've seen good guys get shacked up with terrible women. And I've seen terrible people live together and be terrible. And I've seen (laughs) good people go bad because it's like, it's just a human condition, man. It's something that you can lament, And you try to learn, you you try to do what's right by your family and take these lessons as you go. But it's really hard to assign blame in this kind of situation. Right,
0: and that's what I'm trying to say is, I don't think it's necessarily all her mother's fault that she's not parenting her children maybe yeah. the way that they need to be parented, but... Even Jake. And it's not even all Jake's
1: fault. It's no. It's some kind of horrible stew that they've created together. It does take an extraordinary act of bravery to... Uh, yeah. And, and courage to break out of it for anyone. Like, even Jake, uh-huh. uh, to basically say to his friends, I can't do this anymore... And like you can tell that he's propped up a lot because he has so Which much. He doesn't do ever. no. But I'm saying like okay. I, it would be that would be an act of courage for him to do because yeah, you can okay. tell how much he's would being be. propped up and how much self loathing he has. It's always at the surface. Right. And he's chasing that... away with booze or his friends. He's like, I'm not a bad guy, am I? And he's wanting someone to say, No, you're not. Well, is there
0: any? He needs so, someone to say. I that. mean, the title of this film, "Once We're Warriors," right? Mm-hmm. It's it's about the the pride of being a Maori warrior. Um, and the self-respect you have, and it looks like Jake doesn't have any of that, but Jake is... Do you think he's just kind of a fish out of water, a man out of time sort of thing?
1: So I think it's interesting. So I think it's instructive to look at Boogie's reaction, um, because it, it's it's kind of told out of sequence, and it's subtle, because you see this one scene where in the middle of the night, he's just breaking windows in a rage in the gymnasium. Yeah. And the guy comes in and says, no, fuck this, I want to teach you to a shit and all that. Um, but then later in the movie, you see him uh his mother calls and explains why they didn't come to visit him and oh we had a terrible car accident and he knows this is bullshit and you can see the rage he feels as a as a 15-year-old that's Sounds being weird. lied to by his mother and being abandoned and he's like it's just filling him and instead of going doing something self-destructive he focuses it into his haka mm-hmm. and like was that young Jake Did he, as a little boy, completely get let down by his parents and beat and disappointed, and he has all this rage and nowhere to channel it to, so he just does it externally. No one taught him how to be better. And I felt like that that, they told the origin story of Jake and how that could be subverted through a guy like Boogie.
0: Right. I I do get a lot of frustration from Jake. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, he's just not able... In in some ways, like like you said, his friends are enabling him to be this horrible person. But uh, and maybe he would, in a different time and a different place, be much much better. He's a
1: massive waste of potential. There's this extraordinarily is extraordinarily yeah. good looking, charismatic guy who's probably intelligent. He's a good mm. singer. Um, he's a and, brick house. <laughs> yeah, he's a physical champion. What I mean, but but he can't keep a job. Right, and, and that's the interesting thing about the Maori is that if you statistically they don't mm. live as long yeah. um they're dis- they're economically disadvantaged they have yeah. a lot of endemic health problems they were you know they had the same problem everybody else that comes into white man they get decimated by disease and right
0: there are so many parallels to America, um, but it's in not these
1: Maori people, not exact yeah. parallels but but similar things you it's know? more of a parallel to like the Native Americans than sure like you yeah. want to? I guess I always try to f- Put race relations in America and try to you know view it through the black and white lens, and it doesn't yeah. work. There's a lot of commonalities, but the the systemic causes are all different. But you still have this main problem. Sure. But, yeah. But I don't. I don't know. I yes, he's frustrated because he clearly is not living up his potential. But if he grew up in a way that his kids grew up, how the hell could he ever meet his potential? And you can even tell like the cops when they come by. They're so patronizing and so not believing that anything good can come out of this household or any of this neighborhood. Right. Which you know, you then see like how these Teo guys. But here's the thing: I, terrorize them. I think why I'm saying he's a man out of time
0: is because if, like, with this idea of once we're warriors, if he were born in a time when two hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, he could have been when a chief. being a warrior was still a thing that was needed mm-hmm. uh, in the world, well, you know. In in everyday life was respected. Right. Uh, And he had someone to kind of guide him in the ways of the warrior, which I feel are not as brutal and and uh, sort of violent as you might think. Sure. Given who Jake is now, I think he'd probably be a less violent person all around, even if, you know, he were he were acting out in war. Right. Yeah. Well, his would uh, be guided by wouldn't. pride and sure. respect and things like that
1: and, and respect for your ancestors And pride in your heritage and where you came from And right. stuff that's kind of been robbed And of I him. feel
0: like he knows about this stuff And he's aware that these are parts of The Maori warrior people Because he sure throws it in his son's face Right, but he wasn't able to ever exercise that Because probably he was being beaten As a child sure. Or or he just wasn't given those opportunities And now he's, he's a product of that
1: I thought that was a powerful scene too. when his son comes into his bar after he first gets embraced by the gang and right. his father just did, like hits on him like a girl and then when he uh, it, like just completely disrespects him. Like he can't even get his father's respect, you know, through the show of strength. Cuz yeah. his father has no respect for himself, he's not going to give it to anybody.
0: Sure. Uh, you know, you know what is a, a fair feat of strength in this movie? What's that? Opening beer bottles. With your teeth? My God, with your teeth, with a spatula. There must be a million, I don't know, a thousand beer caps on the floor of that house. Just randomly, because they just let them fall where they may. Sure. They pop a cap and they... Pop a cap? No. That has other connotations. They pop the top off a bottle and just let it fly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, the whole place is just like, you know, I, I, was I, the little kids cleaning up after... Oh, the night right. their father goes, and they're cleaning up all the blood, and, st- and I'm like. Yeah.
0: And this is not a thing that's, uh,
1: they're no stranger to this. Th- this is a regular occurrence. No, the neighborhood they're living in is a shithole. Yeah. It's a different kind of shithole than what you are familiar with in America, but it's recognizably, oh, this is a shithole. Yeah, it's it's basically the same.
0: Uh, but I I don't know. And the size of the beer bottles, my God, how do you drink that much beer? Like that's a 40, right? Yeah, a well, 40s, it looks like, like a forty me.
1: like the sixteen ounce long necks
0: to drink. You know, five, ten, forties in a night—that's a shitload of beer.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the big turning point in this movie is when um, you know the dad, fear the walking dead guy, uh, rapes the thirteen year old daughter, and you can see also how that was a cycle is going to start perpetuating because he's just filling her head with you know you're the you're you're at fault here for dressing so sexy and you can't ever tell anybody and he's kissing her and like it's just really creepy and she journals like they establish the fact that she writes these stories for her brothers and sisters and there's this moment because no one can figure out like even even jake's best friends like "Uh, you know who can figure it like you know because because jake's like man maybe i was too tough on her maybe i didn't and her friend's like nah that's not you can't blame yourself for this because that's not enough to explain what happened and right. then her mom, like, you know, after the funeral, because she has to stand up to Jake because Jake doesn't want her to be buried on the ancestral grounds because then he would have to go and face the family and all these feelings of shame. She does all that. She comes back and the family's kind of started to heal. Um, there's also another tragic scene where she's got this friend who lives in an abandoned, burnt-out car underneath a bridge. Right. Toot. He's like um, uh, Dookie from the I, – I, Duquan from Which, the wire.
0: Sure. Good, good good naming scheme there
1: dookie and toot yeah 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 uh but she tries to reach out to him and get you know she she gets high for the first time after she gets raped by her father's friend and uh they've had this like when i first saw them together i felt like that he had friend zoned her or maybe he's just not that developed because they're right maybe they're not old enough to really care about and he, he she i feel like wants him to be her boyfriend and she's like oh you're my best you're my best mate grace and, you know, huh. but then okay. I feel like... I never like, got that vibe. Really? No, I never got a sexual anything. No, no, I'm that. not. I'm saying, like, it's not sexual. I'm saying, like, you know, hold hands and, like, she's attracted to this okay. kid. Okay, like 12-year-old boyfriend Yeah, stuff. And then, so, I think he's picked up these signals, and when she comes back and they're high and they're giggly, he goes to try to kiss her, which is not what you want to do the night after, or the day after you get raped, and she goes, right. like, flying off the handle... Yeah. And the next time he sees her, he's dead. And like that thing, he's like, you know, when I, man, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Well, he's like, <laughs> when I kissed, I just meant that That's we all were friends. That's yeah. all I meant by that. Right.
0: No, it's, it's tragic. Uh, I can see why you choked up. It's a hard thing to to watch and it's a tough thing
1: to have happen. And then when the mom finds out, because she goes, they, they, they kind of started to heal. And they're back and they've invited uh, Toot to come live with them because it's better and, than the and car. Their, their
0: youngest son makes a completely inappropriate joke. What is it? Completely inappropriate. Let's say Grace. Grace. He calls oh. up to the to the upstairs for, uh I, calls up to heaven like I don't know where he's calling to but it's no, d- don't laugh at that. Kids, that's what kids do. I mean, don't smack the kid in the face. They'll it's make inappropriate just inappropriate, things. but he doesn't know any better.
1: Um, but she's like, "Hey, let's uh, let's let's have one of Grace's stories." And she gets her journal, and then you find out that she's written this about... I was
0: wondering, because when she hung herself, I'm like, well, there goes Uncle... No one's gonna know. Uncle
1: Bully, I think is his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There goes his story. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad it came back in the journal. And and she goes and confronts, because there's the other thing, is because everyone loves Jake, uh, everyone's bought him drinks at the bar, and he is phenomenally drunk. Yeah. And she goes and confronts him with this, and he, like... This is the fight that like Sonny versus Carlo and the Godfather wanted to be. He just takes – he tunes this guy up and yeah. I I get the I
0: impression f- that he's a boxer because he's got a boxing. He's I think he's got a Mike Tyson poster in his bedroom. Mm. Uh, or a and he, and he talks about you know no, all yeah. weights not not enough speed work. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I think he's a boxer. Uh, he tunes the guy up. Uh, yeah. Maybe I mean maybe kills the guy. I don't know maybe and it felt it's like one of those things where at this point in the movie i'm like fuck yes this is what needs but i'm also like as the sirens are coming like well now any chance of him being a father has probably gone out the window
0: right and now these kids have this horrible story or their dad killed their uncle over a rape of their sister like that's
1: not good all of this is scarring material
0: and these kids are gonna be fucked up for a while yeah uh, if not their whole lives Right, so you wonder like even if the mother's choice to leave here helps the situation like I, I of course, it helps it in the moment and it helps it uh, ongoing, but does it actually solve mm-hmm. the kids' problems? and I don't think that's the case. I think they're still going to be uh, kind of hamstrung by this whole this whole early life
1: period for them yeah, yeah, um... here's the other thing about Jake. I want to talk about the tree scene where he tries to chop, because that's the first time you actually feel that he's got any kind of parental emotion, that he's actually let that pain into his heart a little bit. Well,
0: I I want to talk about that, because it is a man who is clearly and undeniably causing damage to his family, and yet the way he switches back and forth between those modes of actively brutalizing his family Mm -hmm. and, and then... Effortlessly, seamlessly moves into singing songs with his buddies. He seems to be so carefree for a guy who has an awful
1: lot to worry about. I, I don't know puts, how
0: that happens.
1: So that's the other thing I was thinking in the earlier Going's of this movie, the fact that he's bipolar, Jake,
0: obviously, but
1: I don't know if it's even bipolar. It's just that he's working very hard to not come to grips with You think it's all all just force of will that he doesn't want to acknowledge it and therefore he doesn't? Well, it's more like I don't want to clinically uh, diagnose the guy. Uh, Right. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I know. But this is bipolar behavior. Sure. But it's also... um, They've got... um, So there's this like... Men... I'm going to talk about men because I don't know. I mean, I'm not a woman. I can't talk about women. But it seems like that there is this um, phenomenon where... When you deal with um, feelings of guilt, okay, when you're confronted with feeling of guilt, there is a, you know, a normal way of dealing with that, which is seeing that you did something wrong, and you need to, you know, your feeling is guilt, so you feel like you need to make amends, and you need to Mm -hmm. reflect about what uh, happened to your life, that, that, uh, how you can do better in the future, but there are toxic ways to deal with that is to flee into shame, okay where you just like oh i'm the worst person ever and i can no one can ever love me and blah 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 and the other way is to go into grandiosity mm-hmm. where like everybody loves me i'm the best i couldn't have done something this terrible and it must have been the other person's fault because if they understood and i feel like that that's you see jake just going back and forth between these feelings of toxic shame and grandiosity and that's how he kind of it's a way to self medicate yourself right the highs and lows that's a that's that, And then you got the alcohol on top of it to exab- exacerbate it. And there is a scene where you can see the walls coming down
0: a little bit between him and his buddies. Sure. Uh, where they're all drinking beers and they're pissed drunk. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not a bad guy. He's like, I'm not a bad guy, am I? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Whatever his accent is. Uh-huh. Uh, and he asked both of them. He asked uh, Bully and he asked his other friend. And neither of them are willing to... They're just like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think about it. Whatever. You know, you're fine. Whatever. Because what are you going yeah, to just, say? Right. You're going to get, gonna get of, your ass beat. Sure. Uh, if, you, if you speak up and, and say fucking, you're terrible. And then, then you're sitting across a from Uncle Bully who, yeah.
1: Molested your daughter. Is
0: arguably worse. I don't know. They're both heinous crimes, in my opinion.
1: Well, and then the scene, like, when... Grace comes home after she's ran away, and she's been walking the streets. There's also this really scene where she intentionally goes down a dark alley, and she sees these boxers, and I'm like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen here? Uh, but she comes home, and her father's like, uh, where have you been? Your mother's been worried sick and all this, and he's drunk. And she, uh, he's he, the, her, his friend talks him into letting her go upstairs because he's about to beat her. Yeah. And then fucking Bully says, why don't you come give Uncle Bully a kiss? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to, and her father takes this as being disrespectful, and he fucking physically forces her to do it. It is, oh, God, like, I I tried to fold up on myself. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. It truly is. And then she hangs herself the very next scene. So it's like, I'm comfortable saying he's the worst. Yes. Yeah. I I agree. Um,
0: You know, this girl, Grace, doesn't have a choice in the matter, and to some degree, Beth does. Uh, and and I I get that they're both kind of doing the same things, but but he's perpetuating them on an underage girl, which in my opinion is
1: worse. But this thing with the kid teenagers are even slightly worse, committing not... suicide. Like that's the thing that really shook me up in this film. Is like yeah.
0: Well, man, I've
1: how do you tell how do you talk to your kids about suicide? Because I kind of want to sit my son down, and he's too young now. But like, look. You might one day feel like you want to kill yourself. I mean, it's this—it gets better, thing, right? Like that. But it's like that's and that's not an abnormal. That's something when, like, you know, when you're sick. A lot of times, when I've been in depth of flu, I've had feelings like I'm not like serious suicidal. You like, just want the feeling. I to want go to away. die. You know, right. like yeah. if I died right now, I'd be at peace with it. And <laughs> I've never felt suicidal <laughs> mentally, but it's like right, right. like there's nothing there's wrong with you. Between... You're sick. Like uh-huh. you, you need to understand that if you feel like killing yourself, you're sick. And yeah. and you can get well from that, and just you know it's don't ever don't it, ever kill yourself because then you can never get better. Like
0: right, it's not like something with the flu or the cold where you know it'll just get better. It's you're at the it's you're your at brain. The bottom. It's in yeah. your brain, so that and it's self perpetuating too. Yeah. The worse the worse you feel, the more you think it's just it's so bad that there's nothing that can save you. Right. right. Like, that's the problem with depression and suicide is it so it's so easy to fall down a hole
1: with that, and it's 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 something's isolating, but I wonder if there's something you could say to like maybe inoculate like uh you know because it's like imagine if you spent your whole life and you never get sick, and like you know you're nineteen years old and you get the flu, and you don't <laughs> know you're getting better, maybe you do but but like the the suicidal like okay. the, the crippling depression doesn't happen like you don't you're not born crippling depressed and sure, you don't go yeah. through a crippling depression and then get better yeah. it's like feels like it I, I don't know but it's that was like made me panic to feel like if I'm a parent and my kid kills it it's like how can I make sure that doesn't happen I gotta make sure that they know that there's ways to get better and that they still have love and support when your brain their emotions right. are telling them that it's it's hopeless and
0: then you dump them into this environment Shh, yeah and you say grow up to be normal functioning human beings good luck yeah good luck kids constant fear and disappointment for these kids and they're supposed to grow up to be normal yeah uh or or you know the normal's a relative term to be happy yeah good luck
1: yeah, I mean, I don't. That's the. There's also like a lot of interesting things about because I think Jake's a tragic figure. It's it's too easy to dismiss him as a monster, right. um, but when he's at the end, where he's increasingly desperately trying to tell Beth that she's nothing without him and she's worthless and she'll never be happy, and you know, like it's you also
0: can, obviously to just prop up himself. And
1: he's terrified, right? Because she was a
0: good thing in his life, and and, and it's you know it's. Uh... Simultaneously, the thing that he created and also the thing that he fears most, and he doesn't yeah. like losing her is not something he wanted. That that's, but but he created it, right? He caused that to happen. It's like, I th- I think in that moment he realizes it, and that's why he's so sad. Yeah, uh, I th- I think Jake is smarter than maybe uh, people view him on the surface. I would imagine. Uh, but like you said, you can you can do a lot with booze and denial.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then you know you're. I mean, so much of this stuff happens kind of in, you know, secret because it's all, you know, you don't talk about, like, you know, her first reaction when she gets beat to hell is not to go to the police or to – it's to stay in – I've got – now I'm going to – got to stay inside until this all goes away so no one sees me like this. Right. Uh, so, you know, you can see Jake probably saying, I'm not worse than you. I bet all my buddies are doing this. And, you know, like, uh, it's it's just a weird – But it leads me to another point where how – so I've got an uncle who is a 'er ne'er-do-well, and he he spends all of his time at the bar. Right. And and he's a deadbeat dad, and he's just like – he can't hold a job, and I've never seen him violent like this, but I don't know. Maybe he does. Mm -hmm. He he lets down the family constantly. He spends all of it – going to a bar is expensive, yeah and i'm like i'm always amazed at how much money he's able to funnel into alcohol but yet still have a like you know sometimes he's lost a house he's got kicked out of apartments but he's never been like on the street and he's able to buy like he's got a vehicle and he's got clothes and he's all he also smokes i'm like how the fuck do you how do you you have nothing and yet enough money to buy alcohol and cigarettes. Well,
0: that's why he has nothing.
1: But what I'm saying is, like, at some point, it seems like that's in, it's inevitable that you're going to be homeless. How? And this guy's got six kids. How the hell does he provide? Like, and they do it's like, you well, know, you know, the kids are hungry at various times, and they're they're eating right. like you know maybe dodgy leftovers. But I'm just like genuinely, how the hell do you stay in a place? Was this government housing? Like, it just provided for Yeah,
0: I think I got that impression. There's something when he comes home with uh, – and tells her they lost the, he lost his job. She says something, and he's like, oh, we'll be fine. The government won't kick us out of our house, I think is what he says. Hmm. I don't think he says landlord. I think he says government. So, yeah, government subsidized housing. But is and... he
1: saying, is that for real? Or is he just saying that because, you know, is that another avoidance behavior? Like, will the Good government question. kick him out if he doesn't? It doesn't happen in the movie, so sure. no. I'm going
0: to say no, they won't. Huh. Uh, but, I yeah, no, it's, uh I, I really do think it's like these people would be, I mean, it's obvious. These people would be much better off if they didn't smoke and drink away all their, disposable income maybe they could afford uh th- to live in a neighborhood where there weren't all these influences on them you know like these i mean nick doesn't just get into this because sure. his dad's beaten him He's he gets into, into it, it because he doesn't have a family he that's wants what's family. around him yeah uh it- it's not like all of the influences are internal here uh so i i don't know i mean i think it's i think it's just you know people spin it's kind of a self-perpetuating thing where they spend their money they could use to get out of this situation on things that just dig them deeper. Hmm. And it's it's due to depression and self-love, all sorts of kind of, uh, kind of that stuff. Hmm. Well, this has been a Cheery Podcast. Is there anything else we I want to have, talk about? Oh, man. Talk about Cheery. The, 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 surprisingly... The music in this movie is like groovy in a weird sort really? of like nineties. I never funk, noticed other than when they're actually playing
1: like cappella and singing with their guitar. I never noticed that there was. I didn't notice the soundtrack at all, which I
0: couldn't help but notice it really? because it was a little cheesy, a little nineties, a little a little like really funky and kind of cool. But when I don't notice the soundtrack, grandma.
1: I I assign it good status because at the very least you should be inobtrusive if I notice it and it's bad then that's like the worst if I notice it and like oh man his music is really whipping my ass that's even better but I just I didn't remark anything about the sound other than the early goings with the credit sequences and stuff
0: right right uh I actually like 10 10 minutes into this movie 15 minutes when they've got a couple bar scenes and he's beating people up and stuff smashing them into jukeboxes I got a very roadhouse vibe from this movie
1: well, like, he's yeah, it, kind
0: of. There was a he's lot of stuff. The bouncer at the bar and like this funky music playing. Like,
1: the, it was yeah, weird. It was kind of played for comedy because it's uh-huh. like you, you got this guy and uh, it seemed like a lot of Maori whole hang out at this bar and it's like this fight broke out and everybody's like looking at it appreciatively right. and someone wins like hey, okay you know it's an extra nice entertainment and then when Jake beat the guy up it it was kind of like broadly justified yeah sure uh, you know it's like oh this is a but that's it's interesting how the sh- the movie eased us into Jake being a maniacal person.
0: Yes, they do. Because well, I remember until like, they don't. Right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: when he beat up the guy in the, for the jukebox, which is like, that's crazy. You know, like maybe you say something to the guy, but why the fuck do you ever beat a man half to death because he interrupted New a, Zealand, pretty man. Sh- a pretty they just, shitty singer? <laughs> they, they, she, yeah, she's bad. Uh-huh. That little butterfly thing she does with
0: her voice, I hate
1: that. But I, I think that, that so she was a family friend because she's the one that came over right. after uh, Beth had got beaten up. She'd be a good singer without that little fluttery
0: vocal mm-hmm. thing. The she Shakira does. thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't goat like goat that. singing. That's not why I like Shakira. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's it gave me a weird like road ass vibe. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel like that. That's intentionally the tone of the movie kind of masks the seriousness of it until you're in too deep. Yeah. And totally. then, like, because I didn't, yeah, I guess that's, I always assume that people in movies are good until proven otherwise. And so it's like I'm a lot of times caught flat-footed when you're presented with an anti-hero or a protagonist villain. Um, but, man, like, it just comes out of nowhere and is more savage than you think is going to happen. Like, when Jake first beats, well, I mean, it's not the first time, but when he first beats him at her in a movie, it is incredibly savage. Yeah. Like I'm like I don't know that you don't have to go to the emergency room after that. And the next he punches morning, her
0: out of the kitchen onto the living room couch.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. Like full force, man size punches. Right, and you saw what they did to fuck face at the jukebox. Sure. Now that guy's built like a brick house. This right. is like a, you know she's a beautiful she's a beautiful lithe woman, and he is just fu- just trying to kill her. It seems like yeah, and it's like it it's it it stayed with that. Like uh, some movies would. Fade to black after the first couple punch, you know, and then you just wake up in the morning. This is like, nope, look at it. No. and like It takes I, it all the way up to the bedroom. Then where, when he starts ran, I'm like, Jesus, am I going yeah. to have to watch this, too? And right. mercifully, it fed to the dogs tearing up at the garbage. But, yeah. wow, it's really – like I said, it's, it's right up there with Requiem for a Dream <laughs> for making you just like, wow, despair about – you were talking about before we started this, like what is the perfect
0: playlist to make someone kill themselves?
1: <laughs> what's the what did you call it? The internet, the the, the death by internet. Or you said something about like how you kill someone over the internet or in the internet age. Uh, it's what's this?
0: Shit, I don't remember
1: now. <laughs> but yeah, you, you say basically you the make manga, them a Netflix th- playlist. With, yeah, with what this movie. Requiem for, a dream. Requiem for a
0: dream, and then finish it off with Antichrist, Antichrist. and you're no done. One,
1: no one walks out of that. You don't that, survive that. That, that marathon, right. Intact. <laughs> if, if you're still breathing, you're you're like. Uh... If you can get
0: through it, I guarantee you'll never do heroin. <laughs> That's one. Because uh,
1: Jesus, never Requiem go to New Zealand. <laughs>
0: never go to New Zealand. What do you think about face tattoos? That's my question. How do you feel about the face tattoo? Um, not not in the the sort of we once were are warriors uh, context, but just face
1: tattoos in general. I think face tattoos are pr- usually pretty indicative of some poor life choices. Okay. I However, agree. it's I'm hard to say that when like it's a it's it's some cultural thing. You know, right, there's some merit, right, like right. Boogie says, like and that's I, why I say take
0: it out of this context. Cause... I've got
1: my face tattoos on the inside, but yeah. like if I'm you know, I don't know. I'm, I am I. feel like I've seen some New Zealand politicians with them. So, like, it's not... Okay. I don't think it's really stigmatized if no, they're certainly. in that context. Like, if yeah. you're in a fucking gang right. who's driving Mad Max mobiles with shrunken heads on the front and cutting off cops and, and trying to get arrested, it's probably... But I don't... It, it's like... It's, we, it's weird because I can't think of... Um. You know, you see someone spiderwebs on their... Uh, on, on their elbows uh-huh. and tears come tattooed tears on their eyes. That says something about them. Right. There's no other, like, it's not like we had this proud culture of spider worshiping tearful people that it's, just, so you see a guy coming down the street with these tribal masks tattooed on his face. And it's like, I guess you'd have to see like how else is he dressed? Who's he with before you'd uh-huh. be like, Oh shit. I mean, it's almost like there's, that's no extra information. You see a Maori guy going down, Like, that could mean that he is in a gang or it could mean that he is a respected elder among his people. Who who the hell knows?
0: Right. And I think it it does a lot to show, um, you know, this this can be used for two different purposes, right? You can kind of co-opt this warrior spirit, this Maori Toa type thing, um, to your own ends. And Mm -hmm. I think Jake is doing that to his degree. Boogie's going to do that now that he's had an instructor to his own ends. Uh, and you see it in the gangs and like you said the politicians who who have the face tattoos they're both doing what they think is representing their culture mm-hmm. in the best light possible uh but they both come out the other side with very different opinions on
1: what that means i do feel uh that us western people have gotten the shaft when it comes to funerary customs okay um and not all western like uh, i particularly like the puritanical offshoots because like you know italians they they'll 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 we'll fucking a, they'll weep and wail and, yeah. and you know have dinner in like a procession and wait and Irish got to wake and right. like we're just supposed to sit there and and like strong strong outbursts of emotions are discouraged and like where you know I, I I was like looking at this you know Maori deal and like they got the like mini haka going and there's like all these rituals and it's like almost metal. But yeah. it does feel like it moves you past a grieving process and puts it in perspective a lot better than what we do. What allows you to grieve at all? Like,
0: when you're expected not to be seen grieving, how do you grieve? I, man, I don't know. I don't know. You repress it. You repress sure. it. That's, well, that's what the puritanical religions are all about, my friend. Sure. Repression.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know that's the other interesting thing is like this... The the domestic abuse thing is universal because you go into the richest, poshest families and that shit's happening, mm. and you go into the you know it's, it's pan cultural like there's like the, these 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 cycles that things get into, and what's interesting is I what I I can't I kind of had this realization as I was watching this movie is the difference between that like you know when you're in a poor, culturally disadvantaged segment of the population. Like some families might have to put like there's probably not a lot of families that have to deal with all of this, like the abusive husband and the alcohol and the drug abuse and the daughter being mal- uh, raped, right. and all that. But like all of the families have to deal with some of it. And I get that's that's I don't I don't know how I don't know how you exact I don't know how you counteract all that. And I feel like that's, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm,
0: I'm clearly not a psychiatrist or anything like that. Yeah. But, so I, I don't because know like, if
1: you've got like, uh, you know, every family's got one of those issues, that's a terrible, terrible problem to to overcome. Yeah. Or if it's in your extended family, even it's just, you know, I don't know. The other vibe I get from this, and I, maybe this is misplaced, but I get a very
0: like Larry Clark kids type of vibe from oh, this movie.
1: Okay. You ever see kids? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Why? Just because from the grace running around with the Toot, or?
0: Yeah, and just. I don't know. The the pure despair. Like, the. Just how bleak shit gets so fast. Um, and just the trauma that it's induced on these kids hmm.
1: uh, in this family. I don't know. All right. Those well, are kind of my touchstones. That uh, and Roadhouse. <laughs> uh, so I guess I say thanks to Jude for having us watch this movie. Uh, I. The production go into this knowing that the production value is our
0: fucking 90s production,
1: but I will say that we watched a terrible copy of this. We watched the only copy but we could you can find tell it was,
0: it's a 90s movie. come
1: on yeah, but it I, looks like a 90s movie. You could say that about the wire. it looks like a 90s TV show, but i don't I don't think it's a detriment right. It's
0: not like made for TV 90s the the plot holds up. the plot is the most important thing, and here. also
1: I cannot I'm telling you you're not ready for the performances you'll see in this film right
0: right i Jake is incredible. In how scary he is. I and think how, Beth And is also how likable he is in moments.
1: Because, like, there's a couple points where she I is, was just, yeah. like, ready to beg Beth to just, no, don't say, oh, God, you're... I was begging her I'm to leave buying the into, whole time. Yeah, well, yeah, leave, but Take also... Take the kids, get out of there. Yeah, don't... But she's saying this because, like, there's this other telling thing where he's, like, making her say, I love you to him. And she's like, that's the trouble, Jake. I do. Right. The reason she's trying to get through to him and saying all these terrible things is because she it's it's more about saving him and their relationship. Yeah. Right. Than it is their family. Sure. Uh, and, but I'm like, oh, jeez, please do not say what you're about. Th- oh, fuck. Don't oh, throw the eggs
0: on the floor. Don't.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's like it really puts you in that it really puts you in the, the place of, of that and when they show the kids being terrified, it, it makes you feel terrible. But yeah, it's also I was
0: not prepared for the realness.
1: Yeah. I had this one a fuse like I don't usually start a forum thread, but like I had the like I was home alone and my girlfriend <laughs> hadn't gotten home yet and I'm sitting there on oh, the God. couch and I just watched this and I'm like, I need to get a little of this out. I gotta I gotta give pieces of this other piece like started a thread about how I just saw Once for Warriors and I wanna die. Yeah. Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. I was surprised at how many people on the forums
0: had actually seen it before.
1: Well, we have a lot of, I feel like that this in the Down Under quadrant, uh, yeah. that, that uh, this is a well-known, and, and this got out, like this, I guess, made a lot of noise on the Sundance and the festival circuit. Right, right. Roger Ebert had a great review of the movie. Shit, I didn't read it. Great review of the movie. Um, What was his takeaway? Do you remember? Pretty much everything we said, just like what the the performances are incredible and what a complex thing this thing with Jake and Beth was and how the cultural, you know, viewing this through different cultural. I mean, just everything you'd expect him to say.
0: Can, Can I just say how amazing and yet how terrible of a role that was for the guy playing Jake? I don't know his name holy shit it's crazy tamira morrison sure tamira morrison Django fett uh yeah how great and also how terrible of a role that was for him because he can be so amazing and yet he was not allowed to be any of those things that he was in this movie in star wars he was expected to be a fucking george lucas muppet the entire time and that's exactly what he was and, and i came away from star wars thinking this guy's not a good actor at yeah. all he's dry he's boring he's terrible like I don't ever want to see him in anything. But then you go and watch this, and you're like, oh, so that's how Star Wars was terrible. He took every good actor on the planet and
1: fucked it all up for him. Seriously. No. Like, <laughs> like Natalie Portman's a good actor, and right. she is not allowed to do anything. Ewan
0: McGregor, Liam Neeson. Hayden Christensen isn't even that bad of Ewan an McGregor actor. McGregor's but... the
1: one that was able to kind of escape. Sam Jackson, it's like he threw right. a wet blanket over all these people. But can you imagine... A version of Django Ugh. Fett that uses ten percent of what's on this screen—it could have been amazing. And I'm not even saying like the violent, maniacal. Like, like they could have really done a lot with his relationship with his boy, right? Uh, right,
0: and shown us why Boba Fett is who Boba Fett is. Yes, and they, like, he chose on.
1: not. And but then I feel like that George is smart enough to like. I mean, he cast him for a reason. I know he's seen this movie, and Maybe then you put, and, and, and then you write these scenes for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a real shame because I came away with a totally new respect for that guy based yeah. on this movie that I didn't have based on Star Wars.
1: And I guess I, I, because I've seen a lot of these people in other things, like television. Like you know, the the Rena woman has been in a lot of uh, Rena Owen. I know I've seen it? her. Yeah, yeah, Rena Owen. She, I, I've seen her in a lot of things in, in television shows. Um, oh, she had. Uh, actually, she. I think she voiced one of the long neck, willowy pod people that were cloning Django in Star Wars. Yeah, that's what really? it said. I was just reading her uh, Wikipedia article. But that's, I'm actually surprised huh. they haven't they haven't done more stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean Cliff Curtis is easily the most famous of the bunch, right? But
1: the guy like he I thought he did a great job and I don't understand why like APOC wasn't his breakout role. Right. Right. You know uh, Nig. Because he says and the one girl who played Grace, which I was convinced I was going to go to her IMDB page and it's just going to be full of shit that she's done Has hardly done anything, and she was amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. New Zealand's movie scene isn't that big. That's true. So it's Flat probably LA. real hard to
1: break out from that. <laughs> but if I, you know, I, there was a point in my life about 20 years ago where I wanted to go to New Zealand and I took it. Live like a hobbit, dig a hole. No. Put a wooden door, a wooden circular door on it. And no, call it a actually, day. this is pre Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. But I had a lot of friends because I was an early adopter of the internet and a lot of the people uh-huh. in my, the the, the, the group, the news groups I hung out with were from New Zealand. And I did some research and I'm like, it's got amazing geography, the weather, it's, like, the shitty it gets is, like, high 40s, and the hottest it gets is, like, mid 80s. And, like, you know, you yeah. got, you want mountains, you got mountains. You want ocean, you got ocean. You want desert, you got desert. You want rainforest, fields, you got... Fields, you got fields. You got essentially Scotland with, like... It's this pocket universe, and the politics yeah. are really interesting, and the economy is, uh, and, and and, you know... Uh, and I was, uh, one of the reasons I, I, I really took it seriously is because at the time they really wanted tech people right? and you could like really put the pedal to the metal on the immigration visa. Mm-hmm. And I'd gotten like, I had gotten job interview uh, job interviews. I was looking at places to live. And, uh, my wife at the time, she like with, with, we were like a month away from like making a decision, buying tickets. And she's like, ah, I can't do it. I can't go halfway around the world and be... With-
0: God damn it! It's always family that keeps you stuck in a
1: place. It yeah, always is. Like you know, though, I moved back
0: from California because of my fucking family. Ties.
1: If I look back at how my ah. life's gone in the last 20 years, I don't know that I'd do anything different, though. Man, I would have liked to stay a ver- in California. There, there, there is a ver- <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be doing podcast. Well, maybe you would. Maybe. Who knows? Who but- knows? But I'm just saying, like, there is an alternate dimension version of me who's uh, doing IT work in Auckland How and living the dream.
0: Imagine the size of table you would need to really feel like a hobbit in New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be enormous. You're a big guy. Oh,
1: it's a good thing I can make tables. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I, definitely post Lord of the Rings, I'd want to live in a hole in the ground in of New course. Zealand. Of course, what else are you going to do? Just wrestle wetas all day and <laughs> challenge Peter Jackson to bar fights barefoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think we've now gotten to the silly part of the podcast where we should set it, uh, shut it down. Thank you so much, Jude. I would again, not only would I never heard of this movie, I'd never would have seen it. I had to take great effort to go find it. Uh, if you're in the mood for a soul shattering, well. Uh, Powerhouse performed a movie uh, that you've never heard of. Check it out. Uh, if you'd like to commission your own podcast, it's easy. Go to baldmove.com slash shop. We got some community commissions where you can band together ten dollars at a time to make some of these popular choices happen, or you can do like Jude did and just uh, uh make us watch some uh, crazy. Bet on the, the, the horses.
0: Wall. Take that two fifty. Maybe throw it down. Yeah, on you a get a windfall.
1: Mm-hmm. You could rent a car, go see your kids, or you can just have one beer with Bald Move. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we will see you on the next one.